Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. It is a Monday and we got a great show. Live in Los Angeles, it's The Hurt, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, where Colin was right, where Colin was wrong, Texas Longhorns football coach Steve Sarkeesian will join us. A lot of pressure this year. They have got the deepest roster Texas football has had since they won the national championship years ago with Mac Brown. Sark joining us on the show today. I went... It was very, very hot. We have some El Nino thing going on. We're getting humidity like it's uh, the deep south here in Los Angeles. So I went inside a theater for four hours yesterday. I got there a half hour early. I watched Oppenheimer. And I'm telling you, J-Mac, you got to go spend three hours and 20 bucks and go watch Oppenheimer. Mm. Powerful. Wow. I'm smarter. It was brain juice. It was just very smart, very powerful. You go with the family or friends, the wife? No, me. Solo. I went solo, and uh, it was fantastic. And your family, I, I know 15 people now that have watched Barbie. All of them think it's a riot. Very yeah. funny, very thoughtful. So we got two great movies right now in America, and it's blazing hot. Go to a theater, support theaters. All right. I'll take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so not everybody is supposed to like each other in football. I mean, they tackle each other. I miss the Buddy Ryan, Jimmy Johnson days. Mike Ditka didn't even like Buddy Ryan, and they were on the same staff. I like that. Not everybody has to get along. I understand AAU basketball now. Everybody comes up, and they're buddies. They're on the same team. I'm not a big fan of that. I liked high school basketball, college basketball. I like Duke and Kansas not getting along, and Duke and Carolina not liking each other, and Ohio State and Michigan not liking each other. And by the time they get to be pros, I really don't want them to be buddy-buddy. I like the Ravens and the Steelers hating each other. I mean, it's just sports. It's not real hate. It's sports hate. You can go to a golf event in the offseason. So Sean Payton blasted former Bronco coach Nathaniel Hackett late last week. Blasted him. And I liked it. It was authentic. And then Aaron Rodgers with Peter Schrager 
Hackett's his buddy and his offensive coordinator with the Jets, and he defended him this weekend. Those comments were very surprising. Um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach, it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. <laughs> I like that, too. I'm okay with Sean Payton saying Nathaniel Hackett stunk. He did. We watched. And I love Aaron Rodgers defending his coach. Everybody is so inauthentic and edited, and everybody's being forced into meaningless apologies. It's okay. Big, strong opinions. People don't like you. It's okay. I'm for it. I'm kind of over everybody being insincere, everybody being inauthentic. I apologize for this. I'm, Sean Payton said what he said. Aaron said what he said. I like both. Uh, Sean Payton's old school. Parcells, the master psychologist. The five best football coaches of my life. Parcells is one of them. And he really used the psychological playbook. And so does Sean Payton. I know him personally. I like him. Very outspoken. Very upfront. And I think that's part of his success. Both Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers are supporting their guys. When Sean Payton called out Hackett, what he was doing is sending a message to Russell Wilson and his locker room. He was sending a message that it was not Russell's fault. Let's get behind our quarterback. And oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers with Hackett coming off a disastrous Denver debacle is here to support his guy. So if things go south in that early jet schedule, everybody doesn't blame his buddy Hackett. I like it. The quarterback and the play caller have to be tight. McVay and Goff, in the end, didn't trust each other. It unraveled. Kingsbury, Tyler Murray, unraveled this year. Didn't trust each other. Didn't appear to like each other. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Aaron would blow off plays. They lost trust. They didn't like each other. It unravels. Those were Aaron's worst years. In the end, the play caller, Sean Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, has to like and trust the quarterback. I don't know if Russell and Payton are going to work, but you got to go all in now. Because I watched Goff and McVay unravel, McCarthy and Aaron unravel, Kingsbury and Kyler unravel, you got to have a bond. And both guys are supporting their guys, and I am here for it, and I don't need either one to feel bad about it. Peyton said I probably shouldn't have said it. Eh, you did. Life moves on. All right, so one of my favorite days of the year that's not about a game is when Mike Sando, who's on in about an hour and 15 minutes, comes out. It's comprehensive. He gets 50 people in the NFL. He gets about a handful of GMs, scouts, head coaches, coordinators. It is a broad survey, anonymous survey. So the guys will get quoted, but he won't put a name to it. And it's broad-reaching. I know people that I've talked to that have been in it. It's anonymous. People tend to be more outspoken when they're anonymous. And he calls it his, you know, tiers of quarterback, quarterback tiers. Tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. So tier three and four kind of guys. But let's look at tiers one and tiers two. So tier one is Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Rodgers, Justin Herbert. Don't have any disagreements there. Tier two is Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Kirk Cousins. So what separates the tiers? It's not talent. It's a but. Jalen Hurts was great last year, but 
He lost his coordinator, and he's only had one great year. Lamar Jackson is unbelievable, a tier one talent, but, man, he can't stay healthy in December and January last two years. Trevor Lawrence, I love him. He's had one great year. I think he's going to be a Hall of Fame level quarterback, but he's had one great year. Matt Stafford, he's good when he's healthy, but man, did he age quickly last year. And Dak Prescott in tier two. Well, he's not an elite arm talent. We all know that. Kirk Cousins shrinks in big games. Deshaun Watson, he's talented, but aren't we kind of crossing our fingers if you're in Cleveland that the sort of pre-suspension Deshaun Watson reemerges. What I did like about it, selfishly, is that in Tier 2, Dak and Kirk Cousins, who I've often said Dak is Kirk Cousins with a better brand, are in it. Because I do believe Dak and Kirk Cousins are somewhere between the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th best quarterbacks in the league. Kirk Cousins doesn't have a huge arm, can shrink, not overly mobile. Dak is mobile, average arm. Neither one has a lot of playoff pelts. I always feel if they go up against an Aaron Rodgers, they are clearly the second most talented quarterback in the field, even if they won. But the difference between Tier 1 and Tier 2 is not talent. I mean, Matt Stafford is in Tier 2. In his Super Bowl year, he threw for over 6,000 yards if you count the playoffs. Had the highest fourth-quarter passer rating in the league. Matt Stafford's a Tier 1 talent. But... Is he aging really fast? It sort of looks like it. The difference is tier one guys, we don't have any real questions. There's no but. Tier two guys are often more talented. Tier two guys have better Sundays regularly than tier one guys. But the difference between Steph Curry and Jordan Poole isn't really the talent thing. It's the consistency thing. And so Mike Sando is going to be on later, tier one, tier two. I do think there is one quarterback, just one, in the first couple of tiers that got disrespected. Won't get to it yet, but I absolutely believe there is one quarterback. He's a tier two guy. Uh, he's a tier three guy, and I, I think he really got disrespected. Uh, but by and large, it's smart people in the league, executives, coaches, coordinators, GMs telling you what they think. All right, Jay Mack. So I hope you take my advice and go see Oppenheimer. I'm telling everybody I uh, know I'm texting him this morning, go see it. I don't go to the theater much anymore. But for some reason, it's been really strangely humid mm. in Los Angeles. So I don't feel like going to the beach. I went out for a walk for 40 minutes and I was sweating. So I went inside a theater and it was a fantastic experience. Yeah, I, I was in Charlotte for the weekend watching the soccer team. Right. We own, um, yeah. Not we, but yeah, me yeah, and yeah, our yeah, group. Yeah, um, yeah. And I will just say the herd is big in Charlotte. Oh, of course. People's coming up Gigantic. to me. Gigantic. No, I'm serious. Uh, by the way, Charlotte's a beautiful city. Have you been there? Yes. I, I listen, can I, easily I've, walk downtown. It's I've really been nice. everywhere. Clean people are friendly. You didn't yes. feel like sketchy well, at all. Well, well, where, where, where are you going that you? I, I, it's listen, not clean. I'm, sorry, I'm not summering in Charlotte. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's I, warm, but it's a beautiful part toasty. of the country. Yeah, no, no, certainly uh, vibrant nightlife. Like I was pleasantly surprised uh, by by how like the city was easily walkable. Listen, I've I, I been in New York City a lot. I've been in L.A. now for seven years. Not the cleanest cities, we would agree. Well, yeah. Chicago is. 
New York's got that alley garbage thing, which Chicago's got big, wide streets, wide alleys. They put the garbage in the alleys, not on the streets, so it's a much cleaner city. Charlotte was lovely. Our soccer team did not do great. Well, that's Uh, the breaks. You can't have everything in life. Them's the breaks, as as, uh, my dad likes to say. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Okay, a little drama with the Indianapolis Colts. Jonathan Taylor is a running back. He's got a year left on his contract. He wants a new deal. Jim Irsay has said publicly, if Jonathan Taylor and I left the NFL tomorrow, nobody would care. They'd forget about us. Probably not what I would do if I'm an owner publicly calling out a player, especially a young star player who's got a year in his contract. And running backs these days all are uh, a little into their feels. They think the league's abandoning them. It have course is ridiculous the league is not they're just not making what they once did because they were overvalued analytics used to value power forwards and mid-range shooters and in baseball uh used to be terrible if you struck out it isn't anymore they want power even if it is 200 strikeouts Uh, jonathan taylor's very good i would not pay him early but i'm going to give you a different way to look at this uh this is my guess 
is that the Colts have a new head coach, Shane Steichen, who has been brilliant with Justin Herbert as a rookie and Jalen Hurts' development. Two for two with young quarterbacks, both who can move, especially Hurts. The Colts GM, Chris Ballard, and the Colts owner, Jim Ursay, uh, have been discussing this, and they drafted a quarterback named Anthony Richardson, who is supposed to be mega mobile. I watched him for two starts at Florida. Big, strong kid, fascinating prospect. But are Chris Ballard and Jim Ursay seeing their new coach, watching what he did with Herbert and Jalen Hurts, this kid is considered significantly more explosive as a runner and thinking, why do we need to give Jonathan Taylor an extension? Anthony Richardson's going to gobble up 20 to 25% of his rushing yards. Remember, Josh Allen's averaging 700 yards rushing, and Josh Allen in those years gives you seven touchdowns. Why pay for a star back? Lamar Jackson, 1,000 yards rushing in a couple of seasons. He scored seven touchdowns a couple of times. Why, did he, why do you necessarily need to pay a fortune for a running back? By the way, Miles Sanders was very good for the Eagles. They let him go. The key to Jalen Hurts' growth was not a running back. It was A.J. Brown, the O-line, and Shane Steichen. So to me, if I'm the Colts, I look at Jonathan Taylor's money and think I'd rather go get another great offensive lineman and a wide receiver for what I can pay a running back or at least a B-plus wide receiver and a B-plus offensive lineman instead of an A running back if Anthony Richardson's going to gobble up 20 to 25% of those yards. And Anthony Richardson, he's very much a bigger, stronger Lamar, a bigger, stronger Jalen Hurts, a more mobile Justin Herbert, maybe a more mobile Josh Allen. He's a fascinating player, and he's not ready to sit in the pocket. You know, he needs a couple of years. One of the things I like about mobile quarterbacks like Hurts, Lamar, and Josh Allen is that while they're learning the speed and learning uh, the NFL position, the pocket position, right, it takes a couple of years, as they say, for the light to go on. That's the term that's used. If you can run for yards and move the chains and get into the end zone with your legs for a couple of years, that's what Russell Wilson did. That's what Josh Allen's been doing. As he tried to figure out the position and get better at the line of scrimmage, Josh Allen was running around giving you 800 yards and seven touchdowns. So I'm looking at Anthony Richardson, and people around the league that I trust are like, this kid's more explosive running the football than Jalen or Josh. He's in the Lamar Jackson-Michael Vick territory where it's like all-time stuff, 1,000 yards rushing, six, seven, ten 10 touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has been giving you 10 touchdowns plus, 700 yards. Why spend a fortune on a running back? He's going to gobble up 25% of the yards. So I know everybody in Indianapolis thinks this is terrible news, but uh, just a reminder that 15 running backs last year had 1,000 yards. Eight missed the playoffs. It would have been nine, but Christian McCaffrey got traded to the Niners. 1,000-yard running backs to 50-50 proposition minimum, probably about 40%. It'll even get you to the playoffs. So I, I think they're looking at Shane Steichen, what he's done with mobile quarterbacks. Herbert's not your classic mobile quarterback, but he can move. Jalen Hurts is obviously kind of the hybrid run and throw. And it's like, we got a star running back. It's called our quarterback. Like, I get it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hi, this is Jay Glazer, and you may know me from the world of football or fighting or even shows like HBO's Ballers. What you don't know is for my entire life, I have lived in something I refer to as the gray. Depression, anxiety. So now I'm coming out with a new podcast. Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer, where each week, while we talk about mental health, I hope to describe it, give it words, 
Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including... Actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Colin right, Colin wrong on a Monday. It's a weekly tradition. Here we go. Where Colin was right. Sean Payton came out and said it, whether you like it or not. He said Nathaniel Hackett was one of the worst coaching gigs of all time. They were last, 29th in the NFL getting plays in offensively and defensively, and it wasn't on Russell Wilson. We had said this. Is that I, I thought last year was 75-80% on Hackett. Whether you agree with Payton coming out and criticizing, you know, in a very insular world of coaches, he said what we said. This is not on Russ. This was one of the worst head coaching gigs of all time. Where Colin was wrong. Aaron Rodgers not only took a massive $35 million pay cut, he signed a seven-year deal with no voidable years, meaning he is not only refusing to talk retirement, which became tedious, he's basically saying, I'm a Jet, and then I'm, I'm shutting it down. So he's really done a nice job 
to correcting what I would call missteps in Green Bay, where he you know, took the offseason off, always talked about retirement. Nobody wants to hear that in any sport. I mean, Devontae Adams left. One of the reasons, he didn't know if Aaron Rodgers was going to be around. Don't talk about retirement. So I think Aaron has hit it out of the park. And the fact that he took a $35 million pay cut, uh, I didn't see that coming. Where Colin was right? Well, I've said before, you can buy pressure and you can buy expectations, but you can't buy a World Series. And the Mets are proof. They are now at the trade deadline tomorrow, bailing. They just got rid of a closer to the Marlins who wasn't happy. Max Scherzer, I thought he was pretty good last year. He regressed this year. Uh, he's an older guy. He'll go to the Rangers and probably crush and save a lot of money in taxes. But uh, this is this is what we said. You can get better, but if you look at the Padres and the Mets, they went and tried to buy a World Series, and it just doesn't work that way because baseball and golf, there's a lot of downtime. The game gets into your head mentally. And I think, I, I think by the way, the Mets have really good players, and a lot of them, the game is in their head right now. Where Colin was wrong. The Angels said, no, we're not going to move Shohei Otani. We're going to get as much as we can. Last week, they went to the White Sox, got an elite closer and starter. And then over the weekend, they got more help. C.J. Crone and Randall uh, Grichuk, two more bats. So the Angels have said, we're not moving off him. Uh, it comes with some danger. Can they afford $650, $700 million? Uh, but they're going all in. I give him credit for having guts. Mike Trout stayed there. Ichiro stayed. Some players, they don't want the pressure of playing in New York or a Boston or a Philadelphia. They like the laid-back West Coast, so good for the Angels. Where Colin was right. I've said this now for two years. Jim Ursay is basically Jerry Jones without the prestige. He's really gotten into meddling, which I think makes it very difficult for Chris Ballard, the GM. Listen, I, I agree with potentially not signing Jonathan Taylor early to a massive extension because I think Anthony Richardson could end up gobbling up a lot of his rush yards and being a thousand yard rushing quarterback with 10 plus touchdowns. I think that's very possible, maybe probable. Anthony Richardson is a world class athlete, but you can't say stuff publicly to bang on employees. I don't care if you own a football team or a bakery. Where Colin was wrong. I have questioned sometimes the awareness, self-awareness of Justin Fields, but I got to give him uh, credit here. He said he was offered the Netflix quarterback documentary series and he passed on it. And I loved his quote. He said, I'd rather keep everything the way it is around here. Having cameras around the building, it would change the vibe. I want to keep it real, natural, organic, and focus on what's going on in the building. Three words, smart, smart, smart. I was a little worried last week when he put himself in one of the all-time great athletic quarterback class. Don't do that. You're 5-20. and 20. But I think this is really smart. Understanding that a docu-series is going to... Cameras are going to change the temperature. I've seen marriages unravel. I've seen bands unravel. You put cameras in a building hovering around you for three weeks, this is not the time. Mahomes, fine. But even Joe Burrow said, not interested. Dak said, not interested. Good for Fields. Where Colin was right. I like the NBA warning not only Dame Lillard, but Aaron Goodwin, his uh, agent, that they will not tolerate both the agent or the player. And it's been the agent saying, we're only playing for Miami. That's not fair. The NBA said enough is enough. Dame signed an extension and took the money, so he's going to have to deal going somewhere that's not ideal. I think the Blazers would love to send him to the Eastern Conference in Miami, and I, I would love to see it because I think Miami 
and Dame are literally a perfect fit. But I also think he could fit in Philadelphia if they move off James Harden. I think he could fit in Boston, though I think it's unlikely with Jalen Brown's deal. In the end, I don't think it's fair for players to sign an extension a year earlier and take all the money and then be unwilling to be a trade partner with multiple suitors. Don't take the money then. Uh, Colin Wright, Colin Wrong on a Monday. Mike Sando is a senior writer for The Athletic. Every year he comes out, talks to 50 coordinators, coaches, scouts, executives. It's broad, it's deep, it's layered, it's smart. It's his quarterback tears, and he joins us live. He's a selector for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, covered every Super Bowl for 25 years. Okay, so... I said earlier, the biggest difference between Tier 1 and Tier 2 is not talent. It's that everybody in Tier 2 has a but. I love Lamar, but he gets hurt a lot. I love Trevor Lawrence and Jalen, but it's been one great year. I love Stafford, but he's aging fast. I love Kurt, but he shrinks in big games. I love Dak, but he's not an elite arm talent. Is that a fair dip? When you talk to all these executives, there's just apprehension there's something with everybody in tier two yes colin i feel like for the most part the guys that are in tier and one one and two every year you feel like you can win the super bowl with them you might have to have certain things around them but you feel like you could do that i do feel like the difference in tier one you you, that's a great way of putting it the way you the the butt part of it but i think there's another gear in tier one uh, there's another level of confidence in the ability to put the team on your back in pure passing situations. Because I think a lot of the other stuff, the play-action game of Kyle Shanahan, the rushing of Lamar Jackson, it melts away in the toughest time, yeah. whether it's playoffs or whatever. And then you've got to be able to drop back and win from the pocket. If you're Mahomes, you can do that on one leg, hopping, hobbling around, and you're super elite. But those other guys can kind of do that some of the time. You just don't know how much you want to bet on it so russell wilson ends up in tier three along the likes of jimmy garoppolo did that surprise you and what were some of the comments it's the biggest one-year drop in the 10-year history of doing this wow Um, and it's the third year it's the third year in a row that he has dropped so there's been some acknowledged decline i don't think though that people just absolutely buried him The, the comments were not overly negative. I think there's been enough of that. I mean, I think he sort of took his lumps and now people feel like he's a, he's a diminished athlete. He's declined. Uh, but it almost can't be worse than it was last year. Right. And so if he has some semblance of athleticism left and some pride, you'd think he'd have, you'd think he'd have great respect for Sean Payton. Um, he's gotta be a little bit better. Now, I think the other component of this, Colin, is we, we acknowledge Sean Payton is a great offensive coach, right? Right. And Sean Payton was 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston. He's 5-1 and one with Teddy Bridgewater, and he's 7-2 and two with Taysom Hill. So he's won with guys who weren't Drew Brees. But did he make those guys good quarterbacks? They, he showed an ability to win like great coaches do other ways with the defense. But I don't think we saw all of those other guys – get on the Drew Brees track, right? And Russell's more talented than those other guys, for sure. But that's the part I want to see. I want to see, okay, it's not Drew Brees now who's an amazing worker and gets a lot of the credit himself, too, and was an established player who'd probably been to a Pro Bowl before he he came to uh, the Saints. Can Russell Wilson climb out of this and, and enjoy a second act? Yeah. Not sure. 
So I, I did think the one player I looked at and thought, come on, Jared Goff throws a much better ball than Kirk Cousins. I trust him in a much bigger game. There's some numbers that tell me, I mean, good God, 25,000 yards. Only two quarterbacks have gotten there faster. I don't know what it is about Goff. I think he's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. I just feel like he feels – I saw him go toe-to-toe with Mahomes. I've seen him in a Super Bowl. What is it with a Goff – the only guy I looked at and I thought, God, that's, that's almost disrespectful. What do you make of that? He's tier three. I agree with you in relation to Cousins. I think Cousins coming into the bottom tier two is probably – if we get to biggest surprises, that's probably it for me. But to me, most of those guys in that are legitimately, strongly, solidly in tier two – can do more off-platform than Jared Goff can do. I think there's a limiting factor with him that things have to really be right around him. And then you throw in the extreme swings of his career. He comes into the Jeff Fisher offense and looks as bad as a quarterback can look. Then he looks really good with a good team, talent, and with McVay. So McVay gets disproportionate amount of the credit. Probably deserves a lot of it. I think Ben Johnson's getting that credit now. Yeah, It's like siphoning off the credit from Goff. But I'll say this. If he does it this year again, I think he does come into Tier 2. What was the gap between Mahomes at number one and everybody else? There almost should be a super category of one of one because <laughs> really Joe Burrow's one vote behind. But think of this, Colin. Let's just go bigger picture than who's in Tier 1 now. Let's talk historical football. The legacy championship quarterbacks of you and my lifetimes, okay? Joe Montana, amazing. But guess who allowed the fewest points in the 80s? The 49ers. Hall of Famers throughout the defense, right? Tom Brady, great quarterback, great winner. Top 10 defenses all over the place when he was winning those championships. Patrick Mahomes can have a mid-defense at best, the worst special teams in the league. He can high ankle sprain himself and he can put it on his back and win the Super Bowl. I'm not huge on hyperbole. Usually I'm the trying to be the voice of reason here with 26 years of covering the league, but we can't find this. Yeah. Right. You can't find this. It's, it's really remarkable. So I think he's in a whole nother league of being able to do this without the defense, without things being right. They get rid of Tyreek Hill. They're better statistically on offense. (laughs) Who does this? Yeah, you know, a player that's interesting, and I think he's such a fascinating player, so he he gets overlooked in high school, goes to a second-tier college, really struggles first year, Dayball elevates Josh Allen, and he's remarkable, and he's wildly productive. Then last year, uh, more mistakes situationally. I don't feel he's sort of as good as Burrow or Allen. Um When you talk to your 50 executives, coaches, where is everybody? He's still a huge talent. Are there any concerns about the Bills' Josh Allen? I didn't feel a lot of concerns this year. I thought people might be talking more about style of play and taking hits and all of that. But I think that he just had another solid year. And the the team disappointment stuff uh, is real, but it's probably a little premature to be holding that against him. He's the only guy, since I've been doing this, who has been in it. I think five years and his quarterback tier average vote improved every year. He's the only guy. He's really a remarkable guy that way. It was even a little better this year. Now Burrow passed him because I, and that's fine. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think I think people are still all in on him. I think if he starts missing a bunch of games, yeah. And, you know, I, I do think there's a usage issue there longer term. I mean, we've seen that with Cam Newton and some other guys, but I think his, I think people really like him. Herbert, the knock on him is, well, he doesn't win enough games. Uh, my takeaway is Kansas City's in his division. The AFC's loaded. Once his rookie year behind the worst statistical offensive line in the league, he went 31 and 10. I, I was like, all right, case closed. The kid's remarkable. I've seen offensive lines unravel Andrew Luck and careers early. Um, give me the average opinion on Justin Herbert, who I think everybody in the league gets, but I do hear the pushback is uh, close games, win a playoff game. What do the experts say? Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an acknowledgement in the Chargers situation that they've been a bottom five team on defense and he's been uh, one of the main reasons they've won if you look at the last two years they're 28th in combined epa on defense and special teams 28th okay so the four teams that are the four teams below them over the last two years are 51 84 and one okay (laughs) and the chargers are 19 and 15 and they had guys missing all over the place on offense we know their injury history um i think people when people see Justin Herbert in person, they are wow. Yes. They are like, this guy is different than I thought. I mean, I've had guys just say things like, our linebacker was chasing him on the edge, and, and this guy outran him, and we're looking at each other on the sideline like, holy, you know what? Like, this is this is guy's different. I mean, he's just a commanding big guy who can do everything. I think he played through the injuries last year. And the team success thing will, will hurt him eventually if it keeps going this way. Yeah. Um, if that happens, I think it's an organizational yes. um, deal with the Chargers, yeah. and we've seen it. Philip Rivers is should be a Hall of Famer, and you know they didn't exactly go deep every year either. So you've been doing this now ten years. Has there been because um, sports right now is going through a bit of a renaissance analytically in baseball, basketball, and now football? You can't pay a running back because I can contract. Yep. Has there been a big change to you in the decade you've been doing the quarterback tiers? Two changes. I think we are all smarter about talking about quarterbacks. Yeah. We're not having the Joe Flacco elite discussion anymore. We have a greater understanding of what it is that makes these guys uh, elite. And being able to do it in the pure passing situations is a component. That's the thing I've learned the most in the last 10 years. And I think that's come in the conversation. The other thing is what I mentioned earlier. The off-platform ability um, is such a... It, it's the standard. It's the norm now almost for the top guys. Whereas if you go to the top guys 10 years ago, it's Breeze, it's Brady, it's Peyton Manning, right? It's a different type of quarterback. So I think it's evolved and gotten better in some ways. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of these quarterbacks, to be honest with you, Mike, um, I think it's the whole quarterback industry. I think it's a cottage industry. And I think all these guys come at a high. I have two friends whose sons are quarterbacks. They had 10,000 snaps by the time they were 12 years old. I mean, they're just, it's a different world now. These guys can read defenses like never before. There's also a lot better coaching. I mean, I think there's just smarter smarter coaches everywhere. We immediately criticize the coach because when we recognize they're not putting this guy in the right situation. And we see it now when the good ones come in and it's like, Andy Reid is still the exception and still exceptional, but there's a lot of guys sort of who can elevate their guy now. There's way more more of the ability to change to the player, and I think we used to have the whole thing. Well, this is my system, and if you can't, <laughs> if you fail in my system, you failed. Yeah. Well, guess what, Coach? 
you're going to be fired if you don't involve your system. So, and the player's going to get guaranteed money, and even Daniel Jones is going to get a $40 million deal. Yeah. <laughs> so you better tailor the offense to Daniel Jones. All right. So Jared Goff and Daniel Jones in the same tier I don't love, but Mike Sando I do. Senior writer for The Athletic. It may be my favorite football column of the year. Check out The Athletic. Subscribe. There's great stuff everywhere, Mike. It's always a pleasure. Continued having fun. Good luck on the golf course. Thank you. All right. Yeah, it's a fun column. If you have a few hours, download it. It's one of my favorite. Read it this morning. Read it tonight, you know, before I go see Barbie. I think I will. I went and saw Oppenheimer. Totally worth it. Everybody in my family and on the staff has seen Barbie. Everybody thinks it's funny. So I'm I'm not going to wear pink. Maybe I should. Maybe I should get into the spirit of it. I've never been. How much pink do you own? One shirt. Five. (laughs) You know, like a, a salmon, does that kind of count as not pink? Not really. No? That's not pink. I have some p- pink as a money shirt uh, oh, for me. No it looks really good. Yeah, but well, quick question. Daniel Jones, 19th in quarterbacks. Justin Fields is close at 21. Well, Fields is more talented. Fields is going to have a better year than, than Jones. By the way, where's Goff rated? All right. Goff is 15 right okay. behind Derek Carr and Kyler Murray. I don't know how we – Kyler Murray is, for me, one of the toughest ones on this list. Yeah. Like we're um, basically going off one so, year. So basically, Jared Goff is just inches above Daniel Jones. Do you believe uh, that? He's above Russell Wilson and Tua. Well, list. I mean, I, Russell, I, it's funny. People just bailed on Rush fast. I mean, there, by the way, Aaron did not have a great year last year, Aaron Rodgers. Nobody bailed on him. Russell has had 10 good years. He had a bad year. Everybody bailed on him. Isn't that fun? I mean, I don't know why. It, Maybe it's because yeah. he's never been the kind of perfect prototype quarterback, yeah. but. Everybody yeah. bailed. Aaron's Aaron had Rogers. bad years. And he's still fourth on the list. How does that work? Well, I, Aaron throws a prettier ball. So Aaron's what? Ba- you can't have him a tier quarterback uh, two tiers higher because he throws a prettier ball. Come on. Uh, the other thing that I took from reading it this morning is uh, there is still a lot of apprehension with Trevor Lawrence. I don't get it. I think he's got a good arm. He moves. He's mature. But he's tier two in this thing and kind of middle of tier two. You, I, you put him I, tier one? I, I, well, I've always said there's only five quarterbacks in the NFL on the planet. There is five professional quarterbacks. If I ran a team, I would not pick up the phone. Well, that's a different discussion. Well, no, well, but it's still, it's pretty darn close. Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Herbert, Trevor. Now, if Jalen Hurts does it again and Lamar can stay healthy, there's two more. I'm, I'm not taking a lot of calls on Lamar, but I do have an injury concern. I have a Shane Steichen left concern with Jalen, but if Jalen had another good year, I'd put him in the six. I'm not taking a call. But there's not many of those guys. Most just, guys are... I just want to remind you, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the immortal Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars were 3-7 and seven last year before they rallied, beat a bunch of bad teams and the had, Cowboys, and snuck, Okay. True, free word, snuck into the playoffs beating Josh Dobbs in the final week of the season. Okay. I think Do, uh, Dobbs right. like vomited up a turnover in the well, fourth quarter. Doug Peterson came in. They had to kind of clean Certainly. up. They had to rebuild the culture. They did not get off to a great start. So I a lot of that to me is rebuilding the commitment. It, remember when Brian Flores got the Miami job in the first month they were awful, the second month they were okay, and the third month they were good? You, you, you got to get even Nick Saban's first year at Bama, he lost to Louisiana Monroe. Okay, Lincoln fair. Riley lost to Tulane. You got to give in, in pro okay, football, you got to give me to Thanksgiving to get the culture right. I believe, and you can check this, the Jags drafted first back to back. They got Lawrence and then Trayvon Walker. I think that happened. Walker's a good player. 
Like, got- again, we're talking about like I like Trevor Lawrence a lot, and I wouldn't I would not take a call on him, but to put him already ahead of some of these other established guys like, yeah. it seems a little premature. He'll right. be there, but yeah. not yet. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 